warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Hi, I'm Bex. I have experience teaching across the primary school age range. I also have been previously been a deputy head and also am involved in initial teacher training. Hi, I'm Abby Marison, Education Programme Manager from Festival Bridge, and I was a primary school teacher for 10 years. And today we are exploring what maths we can teach with the help of this week's folktale from rural England. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Farmer and the Boggart. There you can sign up to become an epic educator, which will let you stream a video of me telling the story, get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the colossally colourful Mario Coelho, download the full audiobook anytime, and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Abby and Bex here and see how Farmer Rob can help us with our maths. Abby, you had an idea for this one, didn't you? Yeah, I don't think it's the most original, but I think it just shows how the story can be used to meet maths objectives as well. Hmm. So you might start off by doing your your everyday counting that you're doing with whichever year group you've got. So counting in groups and doing that with with some of the, the produce from the story. But when you're uh, then looking at something like um, pictograms or if you're looking at tally charts and any way of recording visually, um, mm. it's, a, it's a really nice story to use that for because you've got what your different groups of the different things that grow. And actually, if you've had more discussion about what grows, you don't have to be limited to the different types of food produced in the story. You can actually mm. go further, but then you can start creating pictograms and using that data to then draw out some of your maths learning. And yeah. you could have competitions where um, who's got more, Farmer Rob or the Boggart, you know, and, mm-hmm. and have, you know, using the data on the sheet and, and, and being able to say, right, who's got more potatoes, who's got more of this, who's got more of that, and and, and maybe just um, make a bit of a game or have your class in teams of the Farmer Rob team and the, uh, the Boggart team. <laughs> and everyone loves a competition. So, yeah, using it that way. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I think we've said on this podcast before that maths is actually the, the very first language that human beings ever had. The idea of counting was the first written language, certainly, that, that we have recorded, tally charts and so on. So being able to use a story like this and explore different methods of recording your quantities and discussing them and, and yep, I suppose, arguing about them or competing about them. That is basically going to be helping your children to develop language in the same way that the whole of our humanity did so. So that, that's got to work. Um, I actually had a really similar idea for the older children as well. It's amazing, isn't it, how um, you can use a story and a the- and a math theme. So I was thinking about data and statistics as well and interpreting charts and the children, older children, so our year three and upwards, eight-year-olds and up. What they need to think about is um, actually getting the data out of 
charts and then interpreting it and then then our five and year five and year six children need to look at pie charts as well representing their data in different ways so i was thinking that um it depends whether you want to be um give them a good challenge and say what should the bogger have chosen how can you convince him that he should he's picked incorrectly before he chooses so like the percentage of the potato plant that grows above the ground and representing that in a pie chart perhaps and presenting the bogget with all of this what you should have done bogget and um, so just thinking about what to help him choose between above and below the ground or to um enable farmer rob to be sure that there'll be enough produce above the ground to be able to feel, feed the village so really thinking about how how they could represent the data of what grows above and below the ground for potato wise and um, then thinking about how much and um, what the boggart should choose and what farmer rob should choose really so i was thinking about lots and lots about the best crops to grow as well and if you can say like in in this season potatoes will give you this much um rice will give you this much wheat will give you this much barley will give you this much and presenting that to the children and saying which crop should farmer Rob grow next in this season as well. So they can really pick out the data from their bar chart or pie chart or tally chart and then say, oh, we think farmer Rob should grow this because of this information that we have. So I was thinking that maths is, you can always think of like the addition and subtraction and the kind of operations, but actually there's there's quite a wide range of skills that we need to provide our children with and data. data The best thing about that, for me is the fact that it gives such a, a real world why do you need to be good at maths well you'll mm. get more food if you can actually get it right <laughs> or yep. you'll get more treats or you'll get there's a real there's a really nice sort of poignant message to go along with that of actually you know the bogger would have been fed and the just that that real yeah maths is is so important as a life skill just that message to go along with the learning why we make it so important in primary school there's been so much research as well done on actually if the children understand why they're learning something that there's a point to learning about data and statistics it's so that you can understand what and make an informed choice about something because like we all know that when we look at like which magazine it does put five stars well what does that mean how do you know that that's the best one um like there's 98 positive reviews out of 102 well what happens if there's 72 positive reviews out of a bigger number which one do you go for so actually teaching them like you're saying abby those life skills it's so important that the children understand why they're learning what they're learning so then they're even more engaged I mean, you could take this in so many directions as well, given the the nature of the story, because if Farmer Rob were to plant potatoes again, he's not going to have quite as big a yield the second time around. This is why we have crop rotation. And you could um, bring in the different kinds of charts, the, the line graph maybe, to show how if you just keep replanting the same thing again and again, you get less and less. Uh, so the importance of maths and looking and seeing how things are dwindling and changing it around so that you do go for a, a different crop next time. And even right like field rotation as well and size of field yes yeah. so that links to my second um mass idea for the further up the school where you've got <laughs> like they have to learn about area and perimeter okay. of um uh, regular and irregular shapes so you could um look at the size of the field and therefore the children could have to work out what their crop yield would be mm. from different um different crops so you can give them all the information and they do the work basically for you so you give them their plot 
you give the information they need about the things that can be grown. I think looking at your local area first Mm -hmm. and then they have to work out in their field what could they grow and what would they yield be if their field got two or three times bigger or two or three times smaller and looking at like, um, so on the farm that I talking about um, two days ago, we were thinking about like um, they, the farmer talks about the crop rotation says this field's fallow at the moment this year to enable the soil to have a rest so that okay. it can be um, good for next year. So I think it's, it's great to look at. Um, and, and what about weird shaped fields as well? So you can give them mm. the challenge of making the oddest shaped field that will yield the most um, potatoes, for example, or and mm. um, say so they love a challenge. Every child in every year group loves a good challenge. Like you say, Abby, really real world applications of maths here. I wonder also, is there something that you could explore with the nature of time from this story? Because obviously the boggart speeds it up for the sake of the story, which is good because otherwise the story would take ages and ages and ages to tell. But um, is there uh, any way that you would open up this discussion about how long things can usually take? It's a nice idea. I, I, I quite like the idea of being able to put the the boggart power into their hands and saying to them, if you could fast forward uh, the mm. growth of certain things, or maybe even if you if you had the magical powers of the of the boggart to fast forward other things, what would you fast forward? It's a bit of a philosophy question, really. Mm. Would you would you fast forward straight to Christmas, or would you <laughs> would you fast forward <laughs> to your birthday, or what would you do? So yeah, you could you could just have a bit of a philosophy uh talking point on the the, the powers of the the bugger yeah, skipping forward mm. i guess as well you could think about so it's four to five months is equal to mm. however many um minutes it took for the crops to grow and you could look at, get the children to look at probably particularly your older children your key stage two children okay so what does that mean in real time so what is the time kind of difference um, looking a bit, I guess, algebra, isn't it? Mm. That um, this equals this. Um, and then say, okay, so if if that's our actual time, so if the boggart can speed up everything, how this would take, normally take two months in the boggart's time, if he were to use his speed up spell, how long would it take? So you could get them to do some, make it translating of time from one mm. time period to another. That's to the ratios, time. wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. but I, th- I think you could actually still bring that down into the, the upper end of key stage one. So age is about six to seven, you'd say. Yeah, but keeping the scaffold really, really clear, but actually giving them what the multiplication is and mm. saying to, you're talking about multiplying time, aren't you, which is probably a, a tricky concept. But if you give them all of the scaffold and say in a normal growing farmer rob time, it's it's equal to one and actually, the boggarts is four times that. So, yeah, trying to trying to use that notion to to do the multiplications if it's scaffolded well could absolutely work for, for doing that in key stage one. And, yeah, and they've got to do like missing number problems, haven't they, as well? So in key stage one, so that would link mm. in really, really nicely with that in lots of different operations. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah, dividing it really mm. lends itself ever so well to to things with with food and practical things where you've mm. got an amounts in front of you and. You know, if you actually literally are going to halve something because of the language behind it, you are halving something, you have half and then, OK, we're going to do quarters. So um, another really nice math, math opportunity there to, to use the practical things, use potatoes. And then you've got the potatoes if you want to do something else with them with them later once you've mm-hmm. chopped them all up. 
Oh, half halves of potatoes will be perfect for um, potato printing. You know, and I thought you were going to say that. I avoided saying potato printing because I thought it was going to sound really obvious. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I, I took the obvious away for you. I suppose you could you could also turn them into um, masks. Well, no, I, there's something about potato printing. I guess it's how you do it. If you study an artist that's got mm-hmm. repeating patterns, and you say, you know, you're actually going to use your potatoes to to make something that replicates this particular artist then yeah it's, it's definitely how it's presented isn't it it's mm. it's all about the knowledge and the skills that they're getting out of it we'll save that for our art discussion next week i was just gonna say that i've used potatoes instead of um hard-boiled eggs to make like book characters and things because oh. you know you used to have to decorate <laughs> an egg at easter or something and uh-huh. i used to think they used to smell so i've got the chance to use potatoes instead they're very effective uh. um at making various things so but yes, we can save that for some art for next week. Yeah, we'll save it for art next week. We'll come back to the potatoes. <laughs> That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy effective and lifelong learning. Tomorrow, Farmer Rob and the Boggart will help us teach science. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! Cheerio. And And we we hope hope to hear hear your your story story soon. soon.